And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I trust that everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. And we were off last Friday, but we're back in the swing of things for two podcasts this week. It was as we head into December, man. There's this is the crunch time for fantasy football. John Paulson, as always, joins me on the podcast. John, how was your Thanksgiving, bud? Uh, it was it was a really nice Thanksgiving. My wife made uh, the whole spread, and then she made me this uh, Thanksgiving leftover sandwich three times in a row, like three days in a row, which has all this stuff on. If you want to want the recipe. Uh, go to my Sneaky Starts article from uh, from last week, and it's I put it in there. It's from the Earl of Sandwiches, and it's uh, just a fantastic sandwich. So it was a really good uh, weekend overall. It's all about food, I guess, with me. Sure. Uh, and we're one step. The Packers are one step closer to a new head coach. <laughs> uh, so that's good. Uh, how you do? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, and and I had uh, drank plenty before the Falcons got drubbed by the Saints, and somehow I was still left disappointed. I I took the Saints in my picks, I laid the points, I I felt comfortable about them blowing out uh, the Falcons, but you know you get to the third quarter and and my fandom starts to kick in a little bit, and I start to say, well, mm-hmm. this game's somewhat close, and I I thought despite the yardage that he put up and the, the fumbles of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, I thought Matt Ryan played horribly. I thought he played like a rookie. I thought that him locking in on receivers consistently, I just in a game that they absolutely have to, had to have. I thought I thought they just were lackluster. But that's your only Falcons talk for today. Let's let's get into the 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 uh, juicy stuff here, the the fantasy stuff. But before we do, tell us about the music. Yeah, this uh, will probably surprise some people who aren't familiar uh, with this album or the you know or this band's deep cuts. But this was actually this is an acoustic number by. The Beastie Boys. Uh, it's called I Don't Know. It was It's a 15th song, 15th track off of their 1998 Hello Nasty. And it was definitely a departure for them being a uh, hip-hop rap group. Uh, but it, when you hear this, Anthony, if you haven't heard it already, you'll be surprised that it's uh, the Beastie Boys. So uh, check it out. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Before we get into the injuries that stem from Week 12, if you missed the Black Friday sale on Friday, hey, don't worry. We have that sale running through the end of tonight, tonight being Monday. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, I apologize. It's over. However, if you're listening to it Monday and you've been on the fence at all about joining 4 for 4, signing up for one of our subscriptions, now is the time. The sale is incredible. $4.44 for a classic sub, so there's some creativity there with us being 4 for 4. $4.44 classic subscription through the end of the night. You get a pro subscription for nine bucks, and you get you get a DFS subscription for nineteen dollars. That sale ends Monday night. Jump on it, John. I don't know about you. If, if I ever go out now, with you being in California, I'm sure it's even worse. But if I go out and I get uh, my wife Kristen and I a meal, even if even if it's a couple of salads, that puppy's like twenty six dollars. You could get a DFS subscription for only nineteen. So the value is outstanding for the rest of the season. Let's talk about injuries. We'll start off with Melvin Gordon. He sprained his MCL yesterday against the Cardinals. He's out a minimum of two weeks. You had Austin Eckler in your sneaky starts this week. I thank you for that because I used him in a bunch of DFS leagues this week. Melvin Gordon, when he's out, what is Austin Eckler, RB2? Yeah, I think he's an RB2. He could be a low-end RB1 depending on on the matchup. Uh, He didn't do a whole lot against... Tennessee in London, but that was kind of a weird game from the Chargers standpoint. They ran uh, very few offensive plays. I think it was in the mid-40s when they uh, averaged significantly higher, 
and he showed what he could do in the second half, uh, especially uh, with Gordon injured. This is a I want to talk about a little bit about this ranking because on a Sunday morning, when you have Melvin Gordon, you know, not practicing, soft tissue injury, also has a knee injury, heading into the game, uh, he's there's a report that he has uh, lobbied the coaches to let him play. Uh, the franchise would like him to sit. So as I'm ranking, I'm taking all this into account, and I'm also uh, trying to predict the percentage chance that he has suffers some sort of in-game setback. It could happen in the first quarter. It could happen in the fourth quarter. Um, and trying to rank based on all that, I ended up having Eckler ahead of Gordon. Uh, I think I had Eckler at 16, Gordon at 22 in standard. I think uh, it was the disparity was a little bit wider and. Uh, PPR, I'm not sure. I actually had Gordon still catching quite a few passes, so that might have been actually closer. Um, but uh, I th- I thought Eckler would get the bulk of the touches, and you know they come out, and Gordon is being used as the bell cow. And it makes me think about my process. Everybody asks me, what do you do to improve your process? And I have to stop assuming, and it's hard to do, but you have to stop assuming that the coaching is going to be rational, and they're going to... <laughs> Uh, because this this game was a very winnable game against Cardinals without Gordon even suiting up. So, you know, I sort of thought that, you know, he'd suit up. Maybe he'd be splitting the work with Eckler. I mean, Eckler, Eckler's a pretty good back. Uh, they can win with him. And uh, maybe they would try to save Gordon for next week when they play the, the Steelers in a big game. So that that's one, way, one thing I have to look at, you know, heading into next year, heading into the rest of the season is um, don't assume coaches are going to do the logical thing all the time because uh, you maybe should, uh, if, if they're letting him be active, maybe you should uh, take the whole rationality out of it because uh, he probably should have sat and he'd be healthy for next week. You know, speaking of the, the rationale, I don't know if we're going to, I don't think we get into the Giants and Eagles today, but how about the Giants game plan offensively yesterday with the Eagles missing basically every cornerback on their roster? How does Odell Beckham Jr. not, not go for at least 100, if not, if not 200 yards yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a shoe-in for 100 and a touchdown, but then he said after the game that uh, it wasn't really in the game plan to attack their corners. So <laughs> there you go. I mean. It's unbelievable. It's kind of uh, crazy. Yeah, it is. All right, so Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack suffered a concussion. He's day-to-day. I, this is a simple, you know, hey, just got to follow it throughout the week. But if he winds up missing a week, are you interested in either of the other two running backs for the Colts? Yeah, Hines actually uh, – was seeing most of the work. He saw nine carries. I don't think Jordan Wilkins carried the ball um, against uh, or in this game. So I, I think um, if you're if Mac is out or is not practicing early this week, then you're looking at maybe Hines as the as the backup there. He ended up with eleven touches while Jordan Wilkins only had three. I'm sure Wilkins will be more involved uh, if Mac is out and they uh, have to go with him. The problem is they're playing Jacksonville. Although the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they lost their well, they didn't lose him. I don't know if he's, Darius is out long-term, but he didn't play this last week against the, the Bills. So uh, kind of keep an eye on his status, um, whether or not this is going to be a good matchup. This game is at Jacksonville in Week 13. Um, if Mac is out, I probably would have Hines ranked in the, in the high 20s and maybe a little bit higher in uh, PPR formats. All right, Andy Dalton sprained his thumb. He's day-to-day. Jeff Driscoll had to come in and and play the bulk of the second half or or the bulk of the fourth quarter, a little bit of the third quarter. If Dalton misses a week, and it looks like, again, he just, you know, escaped with only a sprain, 
from what I saw, Driscoll was able to move the ball somewhat. I, I felt as though he made it enough throws. Would you downgrade Tyler Boyd or Josh, uh, John Ross or A.J. Green when he comes back if Driscoll is forced to start next week? Uh, I, Driscoll averaged like under six yards per attempt, 5.34 against the, the, the Browns, but they uh, he attempted 29 passes us because they were trailing the entire time. You get into a game against Denver at home, uh, probably should be competitive. I don't think they get blown out, but who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if Dalton's in there, it's obviously better for this whole entire offense, just because he knows what's going on and has a report with the built-in report with the receivers. Um, so I, I would have this whole passing offense a little bit lower, and that's going to affect all those receivers. Kenyon Drake sprained his shoulder. He scored a couple of times, though. He's day to day. Frank Gore, an RB two option if Drake misses a week. Yeah, I think Drake came back after digging up his shoulder. So when a player does return to the game, I assume, at least at the start of the week, that they're going to play the following week. So right now I'm assuming Drake is going to play. Um, obviously, if he misses practices all week and doesn't come back by Friday, then you um, start to look at him as being very questionable uh, for the game. So looking ahead, Miami plays in the late round of games. Oops, I'm sorry. That was this week. The Dolphins play early against the Bills on Sunday, so we should certainly know his status by then. Um, it's a pretty good matchup for for um, Frank Gore if if uh, if Drake's out. So I probably would have him ranked. Uh, he feels like a mid twenties if uh, if Drake is out. One more injury, then we'll get to some fantasy quick hitters for Week Thirteen or Week Twelve. Uh, Evan Ingram strained his hamstring. He suffered the injury during warmups, and he's day to day. He's getting harder and harder to trust in, in any format, John. Well, it was nice of the, the Giants to, to not tell us that he was injured until <laughs> the first quarter. That's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, thank you, Giants, for that. Uh, so, obviously, he was active. He was good enough to be active. Then he injured himself and then uh, sat out the game. So, uh, Red Ellison, uh, in the three games that Engram has missed completely, he caught three passes for 29 yards, two for 17, and... Four for seventy-seven yesterday. Uh, he did have three for thirty-nine and a touchdown against Houston in Week Three, and that's when Ingram was knocked out of the game uh, after about twenty-one percent of the snaps. Uh, so he's a, a, a you know streaming option, I guess, if it's a pretty deep league. But he's not anyone that you need to run out and, and spend a lot of money on. Some fantasy quick hitters: Josh Adams rushed twenty-two times for eighty-four yards and a touchdown in that Eagles victory over the Giants on Sunday. We knew that Adams was likely to be the RB one in Philadelphia moving forward. That that certainly did not change yesterday. What's his rest of the season outlook? It's not it's not bad. I wouldn't say it's fantastic. I would rank him as a, an RB two most weeks. He's got. Uh, I mean, this was a good matchup against the Giants. 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. He did find the end zone, but it was a little worrisome that he only averaged 3.82 yards per attempt and didn't catch a pass. He had one target, uh, although he did play a season high 62% of the snaps, so that's good. But he has Washington, whose rush defense is not as good as it was earlier in the year. Um At Dallas in Week 14, at the Rams in Week 15, and that that's not a bad matchup either. It's red in our uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, but if they stick with the running game, they, the Rams can be run on. And then he has uh, the Texans in week uh, 16. So, you know, the next four games, he doesn't have a matchup that's outside 
of the top 12 in a, adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So it's not shaping up to be a great uh, series of games for him in terms of matchups, but you got to love the, the touches and the carries that he got 22, which was about three times as many as he saw uh, week 11 and week 10 when he saw seven each. So um, I, I would have, this is a pretty good offense. I would have him ranked probably as an RB two most weeks, uh, depending on uh, the matchup. Eric Ebron caught five of seven targets for 45 yards and two touchdowns, but he's also coming off a zero-target game the week prior. So given how much Andrew Luck targets Ebron in the red zone, but he's a volatile player, where where do you rank or where do you think you'll have Ebron ranked for week 13? Well, this was – I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, the, some people saying that, the, uh, that Ebron's had a big shift in, in snaps – uh, playing more snaps than Jack Doyle, but I'm pretty sure Jack Doyle got dinged up in this game. I know he was on the sideline with his heads off. I saw some tweets saying that the trainers were looking at him uh, when the red zone would flip to that game uh, towards the end. Red zone channel would flip to that game towards the end of the end of the game, or at least in the fourth quarter, last few drives. Doyle wasn't playing at all, and that's not typical for the Colts. Uh, it's typically Ebron in there. I'm sorry, it's typically Doyle in there, and then Ebron coming in on some uh, two tight end sets. So. Status of Doyle is is key. Uh, I think Ebron at this stage, you can't really argue with him. I mean, he might have a goose egg like he did in Week 11 against Tennessee, although he did attempt to pass um, in the red zone in that game. Almost had a touchdown pass in that game, if I remember correctly. He's got two touchdowns uh, in Week 12, two touchdowns in Week 10. He had a touchdown in Week 8, uh, another one in Week 6, two more in Week 5. I mean, he's got 12 on the year, so at a position that is volatile and there aren't a lot of consistent scorers, you you roll with him and you hope that he scores and has a big game because he can have huge games. He had three touchdowns, actually, in Week 10 against Jacksonville because he ran one in. So uh, I would look at him as a tight end one the rest of the way, given the state of the position and uh, Doyle's uh, injury situation. We'll see if he's back at practice or not. If he's out, obviously, Ebron gets into the top five again. Bucks receiver Adam Humphreys caught all six of his targets for 54 yards and a touchdown that's back-to-back weeks where Humphreys has scored and looks pretty good. With Jameis Winston now back under center, is Humphreys a wide receiver three moving forward? I actually uh, wrote a bit about Humphreys for the uh, SI.com waiver wire uh, article conversation that I have uh, uh, with, um, with Beller over there. So, I wanted to share this information with you. It's it's Humphreys over the last, and this this season, Humphreys this season, he's been targeted at 18.1% of Winston's 204 pass attempts. He's accounted for 19% of his completion, 17.1% of his yards, and 20% of his touchdowns. Assuming Winston continues to average 25 completions on 39 attempts for 315 yards, 1.73 touchdowns, those are his averages over the last 16 games that he started and finished going back to last year. Humphreys would average 4.8 catches for 54 yards, 0.35 touchdowns on 7.1 targets per game. That equates to uh, over over 10 points in PPR, 9.9 points per game in half PPR leagues. That's about what Allen Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis are averaging as low-end wide receiver threes on the season. So, you look at his next two games against the Panthers and against the Saints, I think he's definitely going to be startable in those two games. I think there's a – Humphreys is generally undervalued because we all 
as a fantasy community think that Deshaun Jackson is better, Chris Godwin is better, and those those players should be playing over him. And the, it's only a matter of time for the Bucks to realize that uh, those players should be playing more snaps than him. But it hasn't happened all year. I mean, he's been uh, getting – he's averaging 69% of the snaps on the season. So he's basically playing – all the three wide sets and uh, he's got four touchdowns in the last four games. So uh, he had two back against Carolina, eight for 82 and two touchdowns on eight targets against Carolina, um, three for 60 and a touchdown against the giants and six for 54 and a touchdown uh, this week against the, the 49ers. So his one bad game was two for 53 uh, on three targets against the Redskins. Uh, and that's really his only bad quote unquote bad game in the last five games. Cause he's scored double digits in PPR for the last five games. So I think with uh, Winston back in there, he's pretty stable and I, you know, he's not the most exciting player to start, but uh, you know, he's going to get you 10 plus in PPR uh, almost automatically. D.D. Westbrook rushed once for 43 yards. He also caught three of four targets for 44 yards and a touchdown. He's a good matchup in week 13 against the Colts. But the Jaguars also just fired offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. So does Westbrook have wide receiver, wide receiver three appeal for Week 13 coming off this performance, or are you going to hold out and see what happens with the fire, firing of Hackett? Yeah, last time they played the Colts, he had, uh, he had 10 targets, five catches, 30 yards, uh, two rushes for 13 yards. You know, anytime they change the offensive coordinator, it it makes everything a little bit more dicey. We don't know who that. Do we have we gotten the name of the person that's going to call plays? Do we know? Uh, let's see here. I think they did. Yeah, name I'll let you look that up. But yeah, um, we don't know. They may have a favorite. They may want to get Keelan Cole back in the mix. But I, I think Westbrook is a decently safe wide receiver. I mean, both him and um, both he and uh, Moncrief have pretty much been playing starter snaps with Cole being benched after his fumble against uh, Tennessee in London and uh, DJ Chark. Uh, was kind of past him, but he was inactive this week, so uh, Cole was back in the mix. But I think Westbrook and, and Moncrief are the two safest plays there. Uh, just with the with the OC change and Blake, Blake Bortles being sort of sort of uh, being very uh, volatile <laughs> with his passing. Also, I think the other issue with this offense is that once Leonard Fournette comes back, it becomes very Leonard Fournette centric. When Fournette's out, Bortles is more is on his plate he throws the ball more and that means a bigger pie for everybody to split up in this in this passing offense uh not fire finding who would be his replacement as of yet usually it's a it's either the qb coach or the wide receiver coach um but i've, I've checked a couple of articles now and I'm, I'm not seeing it so we we apologize for not having that information but i think i think you hit the the nuts and bolts here john it's going to still be leonard fournette and we'll see who you know, which wide receivers or tight ends winds up becoming favorites in the, in the new new look offense. Um, all right, one one more fantasy quick hitter, and we'll get to some quick RBBCs. We talked about DJ Moore last week being, being a boom or bust option. Well, with Devin Funchess out on Sunday, DJ Moore was a boom. He caught eight of nine targets for 91 yards against the Seahawks. The Bucks are on deck for the Panthers, so is Moore a wide receiver three option, or does it depend on Funchess's playing status? I mean, his schedule down the stretch is pretty good. Tampa, 25th, and just a fancy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, the Browns are 15th. New Orleans, 26th. And then your Falcons in week 16, 30th. Uh, just a fancy points allowed to wide receivers. So the, the schedule is very favorable for DJ Moore. Uh, one thing I, was a, I wasn't 
too concerned. I ranked DJ Moore in the top 22, I think. So uh, I wasn't too concerned about his role because Funches was out, but Torrey Smith was back. So I was worried a little bit about Torrey Smith eating into because he was playing ahead of Moore prior to his injury, but uh, Torrey only played 22% of the snaps. They ended up using Curtis Samuel uh, as a, a full-time player, 92% of the snaps. Uh, so I like Moore and Samuel as long as Funchess remains out. And I think if Funchess comes back, he's more likely to eat into Samuel's snaps and targets than he is to Moore's. I think Moore's, you know, based on what he's done the last two weeks, especially seven for 157 and a touchdown against the Lions on eight targets. And that's with Funchess playing. And then eight for 91 on nine targets last week against Seattle. He's definitely trending in the right direction here for the fantasy playoffs. All right, some RBBCs. We'll start off with the Browns. Nick Chubbs, 28 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown led Cleveland. He also caught three of three targets for 44 yards and an additional touchdown. Duke Johnson was the disappointing back in this one. Two carries, 16 yards. More disappointing, one of two targets for 23 yards. Is Johnson still safe for PPR, or did yesterday's performance scare you off a little bit? Well, you look at Chubb, and week 10 against Atlanta, three for 33 and a touchdown in the passing game on three targets. Uh, Cincinnati, three for 44 and a touchdown on three targets. Uh, he's getting more snaps now. He's playing like 72% of the snaps against Cincy, 79% of the snaps against Atlanta. Uh, meanwhile, Duke Johnson snaps dipped a little bit, 28% against Cincinnati. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they had a huge lead for most of the game. I think in these more competitive games or games that they may fall behind in, uh, at Houston, uh, Carolina in Week 14, at Denver, and then they play Cincinnati again in Week 16. Duke will play more than what he played yesterday, uh, but th- it does look like they're using Chubb more in the passing game. They set up a screen for him early in the game yesterday uh, as the running game was not going great at the start of, of uh, the game yesterday, and then uh, he had that fantastic catch uh, for a touchdown uh, so they're they're starting to use him more as a receiver, and that's going to dip into Duke Johnson a little bit. I still think Johnson is a decent uh, PPR play uh, in these games where they're may trail. I think the next two weeks, Houston, Carolina, um, you may see more Duke Johnson than you did uh, against Cincinnati. All right, moving on to the Jets. Isaiah Crowell, six carries, thirty yards, three catches, thirty yards. Isaiah uh, Elijah McGuire, excuse me, six carries, nineteen yards. He also added a seven-yard reception. You like either of these guys moving forward? I've, I've been forced to use Elijah McGuire in one league. It's a deep league, and he's I've had RB two RB two issues all year long, and I, I keep playing McGuire, hoping something's going to pop, but doesn't look like it will. Uh, six carries each. Um, McGuire's playing more snaps. This is a, this was a I guess it was a bad matchup against the Patriots. They're middle of the road, and adjusted fancy points allowed to. Uh, Running backs, they were 17th in that metric. Week 13, they have Tennessee, who's 5th in that metric. And then Buffalo, 21st. Houston, 12th. Green Bay, 18th. I just don't think that this running game is good enough to support um, two running backs, first of all. Uh, So it would almost need to be a McGuire getting 80, 70, 80% of the touches type situation. I don't think they're prepared to do that. They're still using Crowell. Uh, pretty regularly. So this is just, I mean, this offense is not very good. And if they score a touchdown, it's going to be a little bit more random than sort of the plan. 
Moving on to the Raiders, Doug Martin, 51 yards and a touchdown on 11 carries. He also caught three of four targets for 21 yards. Jalen Richard, he only rushed one yard on, and uh, only only rushed one time for one yard. Martin, an RB2 option for desperate owners like myself? Yeah, I also, <laughs> yeah, I also uh, wrote about Martin for SI uh, this morning as well, and this was kind of, I wouldn't say it was a surprise. I guess it was a little surprising. John Gruden compared... Jalen Richard to Charlie Garner this week. He said he was maybe the MVP of the team. Wow. Uh, so, and this was this was Richard coming off of a double digit touch game. Uh, I think the feeling in the fantasy community was that Richard was going to start to see more touches. I think Martin was sort of shut down in the second half of the game last week. So, I, this was a little bit surprising that he got this much work, uh, but. But Martin really hasn't done anything to lose the job. He's averaged 4.07 yards per carry, at least 4.07 yards per carry in five straight games, so his actual yards yards per attempt is higher than that. Uh, his schedule is setting up pretty nicely. Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Denver, although if they fall behind against Kansas City and Pittsburgh, you could see Richard now coming in and getting a lot of snaps in, as they get into catch-up mode. But KC is not great against um, running backs in terms of fantasy points allowed. Uh, and then Pittsburgh just got eaten up by Philip Lindsay uh, pretty badly. But Cincinnati and Denver are both uh, pretty good matchups there for Martin. I, th- I think he'll be ranked, just because I don't know what's going on with the, their catch-up mode. I don't know if Martin will be in there during their you know two-minute drill. They fall behind by 14 points. Uh, I'll have Martin ranked probably in the, in the 20s, and then Richard there in the 30s, and he's going to be a little bit higher in PPR because I still think he's going to uh, be involved as a, a pass catcher in these games where they fall behind. RBBC Seahawks, Chris Carson, 16 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. Rashad Penny, four carries, four yards. Mike Davis, similar, four carries, 14 yards. Carson Carson's the, the number one back there, but for owners that maybe were looking to ride Rashad Penny a little bit longer, John, is, is that does that sailed? Is that ship sailed? Uh, or would you still recommend him given the matchups? Yeah, it's a hot hand situation with uh, Seattle when it comes to the backup there because Penny gets a few chances. He had four carries for four yards, and then Mike Davis, I don't know how that all occurred, but Davis ends up with four carries as well, so they're sort of splitting the backup duties if if Penny doesn't rip off a a long run right away. Uh, They have San Francisco week 13, and then they have them again in week 15. They have the Chiefs in week 16, and uh, Minnesota, they're at home in week 14, they do like to run the ball. I think Carson is pretty safe. He's got uh, touchdowns in three of his last four games. Uh, the one game where he didn't, he w- was injured early. He had played 12% of the snaps, uh, got eight carries for 40 yards, and he's been running pretty well, 4.41 yards per carry. So I think he's pretty safe. Um, from a pass-catching standpoint, he doesn't do a whole lot, but in decent matchups, I think Carson is a safe one there, and then uh, I don't think you can really count on either Davis or Penny to produce much as the RB two, RB three there, uh, unless uh, you know something happens to Carson. Carson also had an unbelievable run where he leapt over a defender, like flipped up in the air and still landed on his feet. For anybody that feels as though that they could play in the NFL, whether you're a former former running back, former athlete, or you like you're you're a college athlete and you think you could play. Watch that, watch that play, and you'll be like, no, nope, I'm good. I can't play in this league. It's unbelievable athleticism. 
Vikings, last one. Dalvin Cook, 10 carries, 29 yards. He also caught three passes for 47 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray was still in the mix, though. He outcarried Dalvin Cook, 11 carries for 33 yards. Cook, finally a good game. Minnesota's uh, offensive line has not been good, but they, they got things going a little bit against your Packers last night. Yeah, Mike Daniels was out for the Packers. He's one of their big run stoppers, so it wasn't too surprising. Uh, they didn't actually run the ball all that well. It was 22 carries for 62 yards, but uh, Cook was killing them in the passing game. I, I mentioned on Twitter that the Packer defense, when Cook caught the ball, uh, looked like me when I'm controlling the defense and mad and everybody's <laughs> diving the wrong way. Uh, I mean, they were not even touching. They were barely even touching him uh, or getting close to him in the passing game, so that was pretty bad. Uh, so I'm sure Cook owners are happy to see the, the 47 receiving yards and the touchdown. He had 13 touches. I think what happened uh, with this game is that they jumped out to that 10-point lead in the second half, and then they just used Murray to sort of salt the game away because Cook really hadn't done a whole lot as a runner. Uh, so they brought Murray in to t- you know some of those tough yards in between the tackles and kind of take the load off of Cook because they, obviously they're looking at uh, trying to make the Super Bowl and they want to keep Cook healthy as possible. So it's a little bit... A little bit dicey uh, counting on his touch counts uh, the rest of the way. But, you know, the Patriots next week, which should be a good uh, pass-catching game for, for Cook. He's got Seattle in Week 7. Or, I'm sorry, Week Seattle in Week 14. They're seventh in just a fancy points, a lot of running backs. And then Week 15 Week 16, uh, Cook uh, and Murray have the uh, Dolphins, 31st in just a fancy points, a lot of running backs. And then Detroit uh, in Week 16, 20th in that metric. So... Uh, things are looking up, I think, for Cook down the stretch run here. Uh, by the way, one small gripe. I went 2-2 two and two with my picks yesterday. One of the picks I had was the Packers plus 3.5. And, and if Aaron Rodgers doesn't overthrow Devontae Adams, I get a backdoor cover there. So while I know you're looking for a new coach, John, you could have accomplished mm-hmm. that if you know the Packers complete that pass. I'd get the win, ATS, and you'd still get the loss and a new coach. So Yeah, that's, uh, that's not one that he typically misses. He was very no. upset. I think he, he knew about your pick. The way he reacted after he missed that pass, he knew he let you down. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. you saying that. But next time you talk to him, just say, look, you know, he owes me one at some point. Uh, Monday Night Football, you got the Texans and the Titans. I do have a pick coming out tonight, by the way. I'll tweet that out. Injuries that you're looking for and then other things that you're, that you're watching from a fantasy standpoint. I, w- I wouldn't say uh, injuries are too uh, really popping up in my brain right now about the injuries i'm interested to see how Corey davis how he does and how his uh season progresses uh, it's been sort of up and down um this this year but he's been pretty good when um when marcus mariota is fully healthy uh from the injury standpoint i guess you could consider mariota because he had that stinger right we had the he's probably he had the le- like the elbow issue but then this was a different type of he had some sort of stinger happening but i guess he's good to go and we'll see if we get good good marcus as opposed to bad marcus <laughs> this week i think it's always interesting to watch sean watson and his progress so really the two quarterbacks and their in their progress and um early in their careers uh demarius thomas whether or not he's going to get involved again he was involved in the first drive uh, as a texan but really hasn't been very involved since um, I'm expecting a good game out of Kiki uh, QT, and that he was one of Josh Hermsmeyer's uh, by low um, targets this week. Uh, actually, the number one wide receiver. So interested to see if he pops uh, and gets a gets a touchdown this week. Yeah, uh, Mariota is probable to play. Other injuries uh, are, are really along uh, the, the offensive line for Tennessee. I think Taylor Lewan is 
he's got an illness, but he's he's likely to play. And the center Ben Jones is going to play as well. But I think often both offensive lines have really struggled this year, especially Tennessee's. And with the way Houston can get after the quarterback, uh, I would expect that Marcus Mariota would struggle tonight. But you never know. He's had some surprising performances, and the Titans have pulled off some big upsets. Uh, this this year already they're four point underdogs and they've they've won before on Monday night a couple weeks ago against Dallas so should be an interesting AFC South matchup uh, looking forward to what for the, to that one on Friday we'll be back for a look ahead to Week 13 John will have some sneaky starts for you we'll update you on some injuries and and all things fantasy as we wind down the season I can't believe we're we're already heading into December. In a couple of days here, and, and it's been a fun season, but it's, it always goes by way too quickly. For John Paulson, you can follow him on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Don't forget about the Black Friday sale. It runs through Monday night. You get a classic, classic subscription for only $4.44. You get a pro sub for $9 and then a DFS subscription for 19 So. If you've been on the fence at all, now's the time to join 444.com. You get rankings, you get uh, DFS lineup generators. You get if you go go for that subscription. There's so much value, especially right now, and um, we were thrilled that the pricing has gone down. And for you to check that out, for John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast.